You're listening to a message from Stonegate Church in Midlothian, Texas. For more information about Stonegate and additional audio resources, visit Stonegate-Church.com. Hello. Hello. All right, there we go, there we go, there we go. Hey, uh, my name is Valentine, and once again, it is a pleasure to be before you on this morning presenting and preaching God's Word. I do pray that, that you are encouraged, that you are that you are. Uh, uh, exhorted in some sense, man, to man, simply to love and to live for Jesus. As noticed that we, we'll be in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 10. And so we're going to hang out there for the duration of our time. Uh, I was asked, no, Rodney, who is so gracious, said, man, you could, you, you could go through, you could go with uh, Mark 13, or you could you know, just do a sermon, man, that, 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 man, that maybe that God is dealing with you with or, or something on. And so I chose that route, that is to hopefully, man, to come uh, with, a, with a word that, man, that God's really been dealing with my heart on and that would really be a blessing to you all. And so, uh, so that's, found in, uh, that's found in Luke 10. And so let me just give you just a, a little bit about what I've been going through over the past few months. I'm in this point in my life where, you know, man, I'm, I'm almost 40. That, that'll be next month. Wow, I'm, I'm getting old real fast. Uh, I've finished school. And yet, there was something that was still not satisfying. I would read uh, a lot of books about certain things, and yet, man, there was, there, there was something missing in my desire, and, 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 in the, and even in the honor to read all of these books, uh, even to the point where there was a, a conviction about me reading too many books and not reading the book enough. There was also, there's also now, even in this time, where, I'm, where I desire to be a a better communicator, a better husband, a better, you know, man, just pastor, leader, the discipler, follower of Christ. I mean, I mean I'm, just, I'm just desiring to do and to be a lot of things. And I was aiming at all of these things, reading all of these books, trying to get this book. Man, what's the next hot thing? I was trying to learn how to do and how to be. And, and man, there was a conviction that, that, that God, through his spirit, man, just says, son, 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 son. You know, you can do one thing well that will not that would that will accomplish all the things that you are seeking after, just in one thing. Because man, you know, man, here's the point, man. I would I, I would meet with people, man, and what I would want people to to say uh, about me was, man, that guy, he's well read. He's a he's a good leader, man. I love the way that he prays. Man, I just there were so many things I want people. Uh, to have said about me when I left rather than saying what I feel like God saved me for. And that's to leave the presence of people, to leave this aroma uh, 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 in my home and in situations where people knew one thing about Valentine. He loved God. I used to get kicks on God saying, man, that guy reads a, lot, a whole lot of books, man. He, and, and, and that gave me energy. 
kind of, so I did that. And, and, I, and, and I made sure that they knew how many books I read. But man, knowing how many books I read and not knowing that I love God was an issue with God. An issue. So you want them to know more about what you know than them knowing that you know and love me. But as I look in the Bible, I'm not the only God that has wrestled with such an issue. When you look at this, this prototype God named David, who was to be a, a, some kind of a, 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 a prototype of Christ, who, who was this great leader, this phenomenal man, uh, uh, just, just this man of God, who had a heart after God, yet we know that David had issues. But when I read uh, 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 Psalm 27, verse 4, David's whole life was, was summed up in this one verse. David said, this one thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. That I may gaze or that I may behold the beauty of the Lord. That I may meditate in his temple. David, his heart's desire, the thing that dominated David all his lives was he wanted to be in the presence of God. When you fast forward just a few years, there is this guy named Saul who turned Paul, who, who was this phenomenal church planner, phenomenal disciple. This guy was the guy that I would actually desire to sit under if he was true. But even Paul had this one thing that he said about himself, and that was, I just want to know him. And the power of his resurrection and, uh, uh, and, and, sure in the su- and sure in his suffering that I may be made like unto him like his death. But then he said, I haven't apprehended this. He goes on to say in verse 13 of, of Philippians 3, he says, brethren, I have not apprehended it, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward to those which are before. He says, I'm pressing, I'm straining toward the prize, toward the goal of the higher call, the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. David Holt's aim was to win Christ to love Christ, to cherish Christ, to be all for Jesus Christ. And that's David, that's Paul. But I stand before you having that same desire, but I'm still struggling. Somebody uh, made mention of, of a show that I should go and watch on Netflix. He said, man, you're grabbing from seasons from, from 2005 to present, and this series 
is dynamite. So I started the series on, on uh, last week. So from last week till today, I can tell you I've watched 17 episodes of this show. My time has been consumed with more than this show that it has with Jesus. I'm still struggling with this one desire that God has given me, but man, I still desire it. He's, he's impressed into me, son, that you need to make this one thing that is being in my presence, learning of me. In a sense, son, you need to make it a practice of worshiping me. One guy has defined worship as this. It is when an individual hopelessly fall so deep in love with God that the thought, the idea, the notion of, of setting his affections somewhere else would never remotely exist. That, 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 that he said that worship is when you set your affections on God and, and God only. That, that's where you know that, man, that, that, that when you're in the presence of God, learning of God, learning of God, your, all of your spiritual affections, your affections for God, they, they are placed in him and him only. And I, and, and I have to admit, that's not me all day and day. I'm still struggling with this thing today. How about you? What dominates your thoughts in the morning. What consumes you most of the day? What is your ruling passion? When you get up in the morning, is it Jesus? Is it, is it getting into the presence of God and having God to do and to say whatever he wants to do and to say, you saying, yes, God, that is what I want. I desire what you desire. Now today, we're going, to, we're going to juxtapose Mary and Martha. We're going to put Mary and Martha side by side. And y'all listen, when I, this is not going to enlighten, this, this is not going to wow you with information because I believe that we're all quite familiar with this text. But there's something in the text that I really, what, that God really had pressed, uh, pressed upon me really to bring out. And so I'm going to turn to Luke, or I'm, I'm going to look at Luke 10, and I'm going to read to you verses 38 through 42. Now let me give you a forewarning. I'm going to chase one rabbit. The rabbit will be chased. I'm going to catch it, kill it, and leave it alone, and move on. But this rabbit will be chased. I'm telling you now. So I'm giving you a, a forward. I'm about to chase a nice rabbit. So look at Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 28, verse 38. And it says, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home, her house. And she had a sister named called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. 
But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, oh, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, the, the good part, the better part, the thing that I desire, which will not be taken, taken away from her. Here's the rabbit. I want to spend a few moments and just commend Jesus. You look at verses 38 and 39, it's this, this is critical because He's doing something different. He's going against the social norm. He's, 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 he's setting a trend that we as saints should even live out today. Look at this. He says, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now, at this time, rabbis, teachers were not meant to go. They were not supposed to go into a woman's house or even have a woman to sit at their feet. That was the role in place of a disciple. And that was, that, that was normally until Christ a woman, a man, because then a woman was not thought of much back in those days. And so this was, this was only a place that a man could, have, uh, could hold, but Jesus, being more in love with the Father, knowing what the Father is trying to do uh, in, in the kingdom on earth, he's about to break social norms. He's about to go into the house of a woman who, who owns a home, but also allow a woman to sit at his feet. He's going against social norms. But when you go over to John chapter 4, he tells his boys, I must go through Samaritan, or go through Samaria. So he meets a woman who's a Samaritan, who at the time we all know, Jews despise these Samaritans. And yet Christ said, I must go through Samaria. He's, he's breaking racial barriers. He's crossing over racial prejudice. He's doing something that the Father is pleased with him doing, and so he's setting new trends. And that's for a saint today, because our Christ did it, we also should do it. That when the world is saying to do something else, and our Father is saying to do this, we need to go against social norms. That when our God said, I, I died on the cross for all people, you need to cross over racial barriers. We need to be trendsetters after our Father, after our Savior, and after our God. Christians, are we willing simply to follow the trail, the path that Christ has already blazed. We need to commend Jesus. But also, when you normally hear of the story of Martha and Mary, we tend to criticize Martha. But today, we're going to celebrate Martha. Because if you know anything about Martha, man, when you read, when you read John, John 11, Twice and then Luke 10, man, Martha is one who serves Jesus and his disciples 
well. But what we don't, that what we don't hear and see most times is that in John chapter 11, Martha also believes that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God, the one who was to come in the world. Martha was saved. Martha knew Jesus. Martha loved Jesus. So we need to commend her in our heart to serve Jesus. Though we also need to take caution of Mary. So let's commend her that she knows Jesus. But man, let's not all follow her path in this text. Look what it says about Martha in verse 39. And she said, and she had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teachers. Now, y'all, let's, let's look at the description of Martha. But Martha was distracted about with much serving. Hold on, Jesus. You in my house. My sister lives with me. She's sitting at your feet, listening to you. It's you and your boys in my house. And she decides to take a chill pill, to go sit down at your feet while there's still much work to do. Houston, village, we have a problem. Mary has become distracted. She has been drawn away from the one that she has been called to serve. Hint, hint, and the one she's called to serve is in her house. I believe that somewhere in this conversation, Mary said, hey, he's here with his boys. Let's fix them a bologna and cheese sandwich with some chips and and be done with it. Let's go set his feet. Martha wasn't having that. Martha wanted to cook a big flamboyant meal. She wanted to give him the, the works, not knowing that the meat of Jesus was to do the will of his father. He wasn't down here to stay and to be comfortable. Martha, Jesus is good with a two-piece and fry. Let him go. But that wasn't what Martha wanted. So Martha had become distracted. And then y'all, so let's see a picture of her distraction. Look what it says in verse 41. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. She's, she's doing much service and she's anxious and troubled about many things. Sister girl has issues. She's more worried about Martha than she is about worshiping Jesus. This word anxious means that she's worried, that she's become encumbered, that she's over anxious about things that doesn't matter. But also the word trouble says that she's also agitated. I can just see Martha now coming up to Christ, rolling her eyes at Mary, saying, Sister girl tripping. Can you ask her to get up and to help me? But Jesus does not do that. Here's the caution. Because Mary, 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 you are tripping over so many things. 
when, 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 when Mary has chosen the good portion, the good part, the thing that would not be taken away from her, and that is to sit at my feet, to listen to me, and enjoy my presence over serving me. But then we'll really quickly say that Mary was simply a worshiper, and that's not true. That's not what the text Suggest when we look at the d- description of Mary, look what it says here in verse 40. But Martha was, was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So, at some point in the whole ordeal, Mary was serving with Martha, but Mary had a balance. Martha didn't. Martha was caught up in serving, and Mary knew the importance of a balance in serving and worshiping. Side note, Stonegate. Here's why we don't desire that you serve in this ministry or in that ministry and in this ministry, because we don't want you serving too much. We love the fact that you have decided to serve in in a ministry at Stonehenge, but we love the the fact that we give you time, even in the Sunday, to come and to worship together, to hear and, and, and to celebrate God together with your family. This is a privilege to serve and to worship, to serve and to worship. What a great balance. That's what God desires. Of all of us, it's a balance. He's not knocking. He, he's not. He's not. He's not condemning Martha. It is that Martha has her priorities backwards. Martha is welcome, worship, then work. It's not welcome, work, then worship. It's welcome, worship, and then work. I think this seems to be a problem, but not at Stonegate, at some other church. Well, we're so busy serving that we don't spend time sitting at the feet of Jesus. That wasn't Mary's issue. As a matter of fact, when you see, every time you see Mary in a text, give her two verses, she's at the feet of Jesus. And sometimes she is a worshiper. She's always at the feet of Jesus. And and, and when the text suggests that she's at the feet, here's the idea that she is worshiping or that she has submitted her life to the one whose feet that she's at. Then not only is she submitted, but the Bible says that she's also listening to the Lord teach. Now, y'all, listen, 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 listen. I love me some J.P., those of y'all don't know, J.P. is John Piper. That's my boy. I love him. I mean, I, I love his teaching. And, man, I, I remember when we went to a, a conference back in the days that, man, when everybody knew, when everyone knew that John Piper was going to preach, people skipped lunch to stay at the front of the door to rush up front just to hear John Piper. And the text God in the flesh is in the front room. 
He got God. The greatest communicator in the world is in the front room, and Martha is choosing to serve rather than sit and listen to God Himself speak. But Jesus doesn't criticize, He just redirects her. What Mary has chosen is, it is the best part. When we see Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to the Lord teach the word, there is an exchange going on. Because you even see that even when Martha is complaining, Mary is not distracted. She's still sitting. She's still listening. Why is this important? Because whenever we submit ourselves to the Lord, and even before opening up a Bible, even before praying, that we're saying to him, yes, whatever it is you want of me, I'm, I'm, I'm submitting to the authority of your word and to your lordship over my life. I'm saying yes. Yes. And, and so when you hear this word listening in the text, it really means that Mary, is in, her attitude is such that when Christ gives her a, a word, she's ready, she's quick to obey it. Submit it, ready to obey. Kind of sounds like Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. That when he's seeing the glory of God and God even mentioned a place to go, he said, send me, I go. Didn't know where, how long, but he saw the presence of God. He saw the beauty of God. He said, God, wherever you want me to send me, I'll go. I'll do it. Why? Because I've seen you have gazed upon your beauty. I've seen your glory. I've seen your majesty. Whatever it is, I'll do it. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And, and, and he says to cultivate, befriend faithfulness. Then he says in Psalm 34, 4, 37, 4, delight yourself, become pliable, become easily to be persuaded and convinced of who I am, and I will give you the desires of your heart. But you have to be pliable. You have to delight. But isn't it time for us to fight? I'm God. You're not. I'm creator. You're not. I'm sovereign. You're not. Worship me. Bow down and work. Say yes to me. <laughs> I have your best interest at heart. Will you please delight in me? And when you allow me to mold your heart, to deal with your mind, and to calm your emotions, and when you allow me to write my word on your heart, heart, I will give you the desires of your heart. He's not for bad marriages. He's not for bad parenting. He's not for bad stewardship. 
He wants that done well, but he wants him in it first. Invite me first. Sit before me first, and I will tell you what to do in your marriage. I'll tell you what to do with your finances. I will tell you how to live this life. I am willing to communicate to you any attribute that you can handle to help you live a life that glorifies me. Will you worship? Will you bow down? Will you listen? Will you just for a moment seek my presence? And when you get up and when I've exchanged this giving you joy and contrition and repentance and thankfulness and praise and brokenness and joy, when I exchange these things to you, Will you please not share or give my affections to anything else? What are you giving your affections to? What hell are you giving your affections? Who is worship? That I am so in, I'm so in love with God that the thought, the idea, the notion of transferring my affections anywhere else is ridiculous. It won't go towards my, my spouse. It won't be in my marriage. It won't be in my money or my career. It won't be in schooling. It won't be in my kids. My affections are solely, my spiritual affections are solely for God and God alone. Is that you? Is, is that, is he your ruling passion? Is, is he your ruling person? Or are we like Martha? Busy about everything else but Jesus. One guy said, man, man, man how do I know uh, that I've experienced the, the presence of God. How do I know that, man, I mean, what's the first step? What should I do? Can, can you give me some, some kind of direction? Hey, I'm so glad you asked that question. I, I read your mind, so I've planned out a few things that I pray that would help guide you in, in, man, man, in this feat, man, that, 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 that we will decide from this day forth, each day, not only to do a date night weekly, but to do a date day daily with Jesus. Date day. I got a date with Jesus. That's one of my points. So let me just bag up some first. Let me give you point one. I'm sorry. Point one. I got got caught up. Point one. Here's this: that, 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 that when it comes to me wanting to do this way, wanting to get into the presence of God, I have to let Him deal with my sins. Now, if you are unsaved, and if you decide today, if the Spirit of God is leading you to trust in Christ, to trust in the finished work and the perfect life of Christ for salvation, for your sins, to erase, to clear your slate for good, he's willing to deal with your sin now for relationship and fellowship. But if you're saved... And you, are, and, and you are not enjoying the fellowship that you know you're supposed to enjoy. He said, repent and have faith. 
but let's deal with the sin first. Let's deal with the sin. Let's, 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 and y'all listen, y'all. This was a struggle for me for a while. There was, there was a particular person in my life that I had a hard time forgiving. And I would mention it in staff. I would mention it to my wife, man. What I, and, what I, and what I heard was people who would go to God on my behalf for God to soften my heart to, to, to forgive this individual because it was really bothering me. Because here's the point, that God is saying, you're trying to worship me, but you won't let me deal with the unforgiveness in your heart. So you can't do that. Let's deal with the sin. Let's deal. So I have forgiven you so you can forgive him or her. Let's deal with the sin by faith and repentance. Second, he said, let's let's pray for a desire to delight in me. When was the last time you prayed God? Will you stir my affections in such a way where I delight in knowing you? God, it's missing. I know that spiritually and I know in faith I have a relationship with you, God, but I am not enjoying, I'm not feeling this fellowship. Can you please give me a desire to delight? In you. And after you've done that, pick a time and part of the day where you say, God, this is for you and myself. And you fight for it. You fight for it. If Jesus could get up before dawn and go get with his father, who are we not to have daily time with our God? Jesus did it, and he, and he was God. But he knew the importance of having fellowship with his father. Do you have a time in the day when you set aside to get with God? And before you open the Bible and before you pray, you're saying, God, yes. Whatever it is, I'm surrendering. I'm submitting to your word, I'm submitting to your person, I'm submitting to your spirit, and I'm saying yes. To whoever or whatever. I got a date with Jesus. So if I ask you to check the calendar, you have their date with Jesus. I can't meet you then. Let's find some other time. I'm busy. Let's do that on a daily, daily basis. Number four, let's just do things to learn more of God. Let's, again, again, let's put a priority over the book rather than a book. Now, with me, that's my conviction now. With me, God said, I need you to, to spend more time in the Bible than you do in some book. Authored by some man that's, that's fallen just like you. When you got a book authored by me, it's really a love letter to show you who I am and how much I love you, how much I'm for you. Why are you not reading that book more? 
Now, he's not saying not to read a book. For me now, when I read a book, I have the book open. And it's just my personal conviction that God says, along with time out for reading all of these books, which are great books, but so I've given you the greatest book to read. Let's spend time there for a while. Last, man, let's accept the grace of God to do this and to be grateful for doing it. That God, each morning you get up, grants you grace to go and to seek him daily. My question is, what are you doing with that grace? It's present. It's not something that God is saying you need to muster up. If you are my child, if you are my son and daughter, I'm giving you ample amount of grace and mercy in the morning. When you open your eyes, bad breath and all, I don't care. Come meet with me. My love for you is unconditional. A noted French theologian and mathematician by the name of Blaise Pascal was saved for a while, but at, at some point in his life, he, he began this, this day, this, this November 23rd in 1654, it changed his life. Pascal says this, for in the year of grace, 1654, Monday, 23rd November, from about half past 10 in the evening till about a half an hour after midnight, fire, fire, fire. God of Abraham and God of Isaac and God of Jacob, not the philosophers or the learned. Certainty, joy, emotion, sight, joy. Forgiveness of the world and of all and of all outside of God. The world has not known thee, but I have known and know thee. Joy, 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 tears of joy. My God, will you leave me? Let me not ever be separated from your presence. There is a man who tasted God once and never wanted it to stop any day of his life. Stonegate, is that you? I've come to realize that my life is a wreck when I don't spend quality time with God. And let me say this. Having your Bible open and praying does not grant a meeting with God if your attitude is not one of dependence, desire, and surrender. I desire spiritual intimacy with him. I'm asking God, as David did, God, will you please restore, return unto me the joy of my 
salvation. God, will you please not take your Holy Spirit, please don't allow me to grieve him or to try him or to test him or to make him sad or even to quench him. I want, I desire you to be filled with him. And God said, in the moment of submission, of desired intimacy and surrender, I'm willing to give you all of me. If you would simply delight yourself in me, become pliable, easily influenced and persuaded because of who I am, I would then give you the desires of your heart. Want to change marriage? Want your career to be better, maybe not change, parenting to be easier, whatever it is. God is saying, that's, I'm willing to do it, but you need to spend time with me daily. I can imagine a church that as we begin to meet from this day forward, that all of us are meeting with God on a daily basis. And on Sunday, on the 13th of next week, how different would it be that all of us would have met God daily and then got, got here and we expressed that in a collective group gathering. What Sunday is what Sunday is the capsule of my week. I've been doing this all week. I told the first service, I'm now having my third service with God this morning. First was at five this morning. Second was at nine. And now, 11. My prayer is that I would spend time with God first before I do anything else. And that's my prayer. And that's my plea for you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. And as wretched and sinful as I am, and that's my desire, that's only my desire because you place it in me, God, where you desire that a church, God, that a gathering, that a local assembly would gather on a Sunday or would gather in home weeks to further God to God to to worship more God and God that's why you've saved us you've saved us for us to worship you we God God we serve to worship all that we do is that God the end result the the between reality the first experience is worship for you was in Christ reconciling the world to yourself for us to have a relationship and fellowship with you. And Christ made that possible by dying on the cross some 2,000 years ago that God, that we would both worship and serve you because you have allowed us to welcome you into our hearts. And Father, we just want to say thank you. We do not desire that another wasted opportunity would be had in our lives because our attitude is not right. Will you please give us the prayer, the, the earnest prayer of David, God, because we're asking you now, God, to help us, God, to help us 
to be in your presence. To cause a great exchange and to stir up our spiritual affections for you. That we desire to love, that we would desire to obey you quickly, listen to you intently, and serve you forever. All because of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We take this time just to celebrate that now. But Father, even now, God, you've given us today, God, another opportunity, God, to recall, to reflect, to remember what you did for us some 2,000 years ago at Calvary. How you lived this perfect life on our behalf, how you died an innocent death, but you took our sin, gave us your righteousness that we may be called the righteousness of God. What a gift. Father, we celebrate that now at our partaking of communion. But in this communion, God, that we are going to remember and to reflect what, why you died for us and what even now presently you're doing in our lives. God, we want to celebrate and reflect that. But Father, we also know that this is a time for your children. For those who cherish you, those who have believed in you, those who desire you even now, even in the midst of our struggle, there is still a desire for us. And God, here's a time for us to confess any sin in our lives that might hinder our fellowship with you. And if, Father God, you have here someone today who's not saved, who does not know you in the pardon of those sins, now is the time to get it right. To recall what Christ has done for us regarding sin, that if we would trust in him as our Savior, that he is willing and able to save us to the uttermost, to wipe our sin slate clean, to forgive, to throw our sins as far east as is west, if we trust in you and admit to you that we are sinners in need of a Savior. If you're married and if you are, have kids here, man, we really ask that, man, this, that you would do just a really great job in stewarding this world. That if you know that your kids have, have not took Christ, that you would allow them to watch, find time for you to explain what we're doing this morning. But please, if they have, we ask that you would please just refrain from them partaking and the Lord's Supper. Jesus, we thank you We pray that from this day forward, we will find time each day to spend with you. And when we don't find our satisfaction in you that day, we know that Christ has found satisfaction in you completely on our behalf. That my salvation is not connected to my satisfaction. Christ satisfied you. He lived a perfect life on my behalf that I might enjoy you. So we celebrate that. 
And we thank you that salvation has nothing to do with us. Put us all about Jesus. We love you. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonegate Church, located in Midlothian, Texas. For service times, additional audio and study resources, as well as information about our church, please visit us at stonegate-church.com.